It's the wrestling talk that happens after they kick us off the air. It's the finishing move, the dark matches. And now your hosts, Big John Radcliffe, Road Dog Adam Gillespie, and the bearded wrestling fan Chris Colwell. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the Finishing Move, the Dark Matches podcast. I'm Chris Colwell, and we got a special edition of the show today. Myself and Big John Radcliffe recently got a chance to talk to Executive Vice President, one of the Executive Vice Presidents of All Elite Wrestling, the one and only, the Nightmare, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Talked a lot about tomorrow night's show, Dynamite, live in Atlanta at State Farm Arena. Just an interesting interview myself and Big John got to have. We hope you enjoy it. Take a listen. We're pleased to have join us a multi-time champion all around the world, a professional wrestler, a professional wrestling promoter, an executive, as well as your 2003-2489 pound Georgia State wrestling champion at a Lasseter High School. A man who you should never challenge to a dare because if he does, he'll go and start a company and prove you wrong every single time. He's the son of a legend and an American nightmare. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Mr. Cody Rhodes, how are you today, sir? I'm good. Not everyone includes my uh, my high school, uh, you know, my high school record there as far as folk style wrestling. So that was a pretty uh, pretty cool little Easter egg for me. I'm doing damn good. Hey man, you're a multi time champion, and I want to make sure I acknowledge every championship that you have earned, and that's definitely <laughs> one because you did it right here at Lasseter High School up here in Marietta. Yeah. So that is a that is a prestigious honor. It was a big deal to me, man. That was. Uh, as a kid, you know, especially my dad having come from the world of entertainment wrestling, uh, there was always, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was getting kind of picked on and bullied because, you know, there was real wrestling and then there was TV wrestling and whatever have you. And for me to do so well in folk style and uh, freestyle wrestling uh, was just, it was such a vindicating thing as a young kid. And I committed so much of my youth to it and yeah i was always really proud of that my wife thinks it's she doesn't like me talking about it on a regular <laughs> basis she considers it my golden what is, what is it my golden days you know but uh it was a good time sure and we talk a lot about you growing up obviously in this area the metro atlanta area family has so much history in the city alone just what does it mean to you cody that you're now coming back here with aew bringing the flagship show here something that you helped create from the ground up you're bringing it back home in this big area in this big stage in an arena like state farm arena what does that mean to you well i mean it's just so romantic like the way you said it you know it's what a what an unreal book that uh, I get to write as far as like my career and my personal life have been. I've been so blessed to be in the spot I'm in and opportunities that I've taken advantage of and doors that I've kicked open kind of lead us to where we're at. And this whole situation with AEW, you know, it, it, there's so many pieces of it that are so fragile. You know, the, the young bucks had they not joined with me and Tony Khan never seen all in had he not brokered this relationship with TNT. There were so many pieces that could have fallen and this wouldn't have gotten built and they all came together. So it's just this like perfect alignment. And this is the type of show that I'm so excited, you know, the deep breath before the plunge. I'm so excited about the show, but I know we have to execute with this show. I want to make sure that everybody who leaves State Farm, it's not unlike when they left the Omni back in the day. Uh, I want to make sure they're like, well, we got to go to that next one. We do. I want them to know that AEW has a place here in Atlanta and in Georgia 
and uh, and then we're we're here to stay. Now, you make mention of that in terms of coming here and everything executing. Now, not only are you on the card for AEW's first ever steel cage match, but how do you balance that where, as an executive, you're watching what's going on in the ring, the product that's being put out there, but also focusing on delivering an amazing match, delivering an entertainment match, and delivering that, that, that special match that everyone's looking for. How do you balance those two, particularly, say, for instance, when you're in the middle of a match? How do you make that balance work out? Well, this is just a really good lesson for me. I'm a lesson that I'm continuously learning in time management. Uh, and, the, uh, you know, there were some people who criticized the element of, oh, you guys are going to have four four bosses. You're going to have these four executive vice presidents. How will that work? And that's how it works. Because when one of us is in the ring and we're in that wrestler mode where we're sharks out in the ocean, you smell the blood, that's a vastly different, you know, mindset. So that means that, I can shoulder the other part of that to Kenny or to Matt and Nick and the same when they're in the ring. That's the beautiful thing about this collaboration is there's always somebody there wearing that producer's hat, uh, making sure that this show goes off with a hitch. Uh, and it allows us to go out there and fully commit to our matches. And with the schedule that Tony's offered, there's no live event system here. It is one show a week. It's one game a week. It's dynamite. It's live. And that's what you're getting. And that's, that's really fun to prepare for. And by the time you get to Wednesday, you're prepared. You're ready. Like I said, to execute. Very real in that sense. Well, and speaking of execution, this is going to be obviously a history-making match that you're having with Wardlow in the steel cage. First time ever in AEW. And it's a city obviously known for the heritage with NWA and WCW. And the cage match was very big for the NWA. So for you to make that kind of a history in that style of match here in Atlanta, what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, I don't, it's hard to even get into because it's, it's emotional. It's, it is like, this is a, you know, the very first steel cage match uh, for all elite wrestling. And this is a top 20 new cable series and this is all happening. And I, I'm one of those people that it, I don't consider it selfish and I don't consider it egotistical. Like I want to play quarterback and the only way you get to play quarterback, the only way you get to be a leader at AEW is by delivering. You can't just stand up and say, well, Hey, I've wrestled for X amount of years. I should be, no, you have to deliver. You have to be something that the fans connect to. You have to be something that can go bell to bell. And that's all I look at this as, you know, there is that huge romantic and beautiful side of it as you put. And then there's a side of it, knowing that the entire locker room will be watching me 99% of them wanting me to succeed, but maybe that 0.1% or whatever thinking, Oh, I wish I could do this. I could do his job better. That's the very real thing about our business. That's the very real competitive thing about performance and pro wrestling. And that is exactly what I, I want to prove the people there cheering me on. Right. And I want to prove those who are not cheering me on wrong. And that's just what I want to do every week. And, this time tomorrow I get to do it inside a steel cage, which I just saw. Um, and it's terrifying and ominous. It all sounds so good on paper and then you see it and it becomes very real. 
all the best ideas start on paper until you actually have to visualize and execute it, and then that's uh, when things change up just a little bit there. Talking Damn with the, right. <laughs> talking with the American Nightmare, the executive vice president of AEW, Cody Rhodes, here on The Finishing Move. Now, Cody, I know you'll. it says on the card that you'll be escorted to the ring by Arn Anderson. Now, there are companies out there that, you know, and me and my, my partner here, we go back and forth in terms of having – the legends, as, as I like to call them, involved yeah. so much in the in-ring in terms of having them there. It looks like you guys, I don't want to say resist that, you guys are, are giving more push to, uh, I'm going to use the phrase, newer talent. Is that sure. intentional, or do you have like the legends beating down your door, wanting to come in saying, hey, I want to come there, I can help, I can do more, because we're also being introduced now with AEW to wrestlers that a lot of people have never heard of, and they're getting introduced yeah. to for the first time. Yeah, I I don't mean this in a negative way at all. Those guys uh, that, you know, my dad was included in there a lot. Uh, they had their time and they had their run. And that's what motivated, inspired, and paved the road for people like uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, it paved the road for young and new talent. But when there's legends and luminaries and veterans at AEW, I don't want them to have to pretend that they're still 20 years old. That's why Arn is in this absolute new phase in his career. He's not pretending to be Arn Anderson of the four horsemen. He's not doing that. Maybe he's got a spine buster left in him for sure, but he's very much committed to being uh, a veteran and legend mentor wrestler. And that is what I always wanted. And I think the reason I'm really, I rally really hard and I feel very strongly about how we use our legends is because I always hated the carny presentation that sometimes wrestling will have with our legends where we expect them to go out there and be what they were. And my dad always hated it. And I remembered his dislike for it. And I always thought, I like to see these guys as, as legends, as luminaries. I want to remember them for their what they did when they were young and not be, you know, have that tarnished by something gimmicky or carny is you know the wrestling term so when we have our legends like a tully blanchard or an arn or a jim ross uh, they're not expected to do what they they did at 25 they're expected to do what they can do at 60 something or 70 something and that in itself is special they all have more chapters in their book uh, jim ross for sure uh and i i like being us being a part of that well, you've had a fantastic feud, I think, so far with MJF as we uh, continue to talk with Cody Rhodes here on The Finishing Move. And I think the Ten Lashes segment was <laughs> one of the most captivating things I've seen in a long time. The promos between you two have been amazing. They're natural. You can feel the emotion. But MJF has really gotten a chance to show just how good of a heel he can be on television, on this bigger stage. Speak to what kind of an opponent he has been for you. Well, a good opponent just pulls you up pulls you up to your best level we always have different reasons you know on a, on a personal level i was really accepting of the challenge for full gear with chris jericho and it had a lot to do with the title but it also had a lot to do with the fact that when i was in wwe with chris he didn't look at me as a big deal he didn't look at me as a top personality he didn't look at me as a quarterback and i wanted him to know from us working together when we looked at each other literally in the ring that no man i i'm 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 at a different spot than i was i won't be talked to like i used to be talked to it's a different dynamic the paradigm shifts and max being so young but having such a presence and specialness to him 
he's he's just going to be someone that whether you're a fan or whether you hate his guts, he's going to be somebody that you will probably follow with interest through the years. A lot of responsibility and pressure is being put on a young guy like that, uh, and he's going to just like in any sports, you get you get the big check. You know, Tony Khan writes you the big check. The next thing you know, you're in all elite wrestling. I'm sure we're going to see Max slip up and all that. And he's hopefully surrounds himself with a good uh, core group of people to help guide him. Um, because he's definitely, regardless of how I feel about him on a personal level, he's definitely a huge part of wrestling's future. Now, Cody, I want to shift gears a little bit here because uh, I've read up what's normally referred to as gorilla position. With AEW, it's referred to as the dusty position. How special was that to rename that, to change the name of that, and do that to honor your father? So it's something, though, that, like, it's you, you almost have to see it. I... Uh, I am, you know, not big to beat people over the head with, hey, my dad was, my dad was, or I try not to be. And uh, as uh, one of our production assistants named Chris Dispenza had made a bull rope, you know, the actual rope with the cowbell on it. He had made one for my dad when my dad was briefly at TNA. My dad didn't have a bull rope and he made him one. He kept this bull rope. And I remember him telling me this because now he's a production assistant with us at All Elite Wrestling. And I didn't think much of it. He said, yeah, I want to give you this bull rope. Turns out what he meant was he wanted to make this huge, beautiful plaque with the bull rope on it and the cowbell and my dad's picture. And he unveiled it at the end of a production meeting. And I literally was like, not only touched, but blown away by how big of a gesture it was. So we, we now hang that up outside of the dusty position, the go position, the gorilla position, whatever you want to call it. It sits there. Um, and it's really just a great – to me, it's very grounding. I don't look at it as much as the other talent look at it. It's very grounding. It's very real. It's just kind of a our own – one of our first traditions as All Elite Wrestling. We'll have traditions that don't work. We'll have traditions that do work. And I think that's one that's going to stick. That's awesome. Now, I want to go into, you know, this is my own personal thing here, because I know you're also an actor, and you did multiple roles on the TV show Arrow that has just recently come to an end. And I want to know, is there any plans? I know there's been multiple spinoffs from it, but with everything that you have going on in terms of an executive, a wrestler, husband, so many different things, will we see you back on TV or maybe even in the big screen anytime in the very near future? That's a great question. I think my you know plate is very full at the moment with the EVP elements and the, the wrestler element, especially because as a wrestler, I've kind of hit this stride that I never hit before, and I don't want it to end until it ends as far as this connection I have with the fans. But uh, that's the beautiful thing about this schedule. It does afford me some opportunities for film and TV. And Stephen put me on the map. Stephen Amell put me on the map. I put him on the wrestling map, and he put me on the – the acting map and I'll, I'll forever when they, when that call comes, be ready to do it. And it's something that Tony Khan as a leader and boss is receptive to for all his talent. If Kip Sabian gets a part, uh, in an upcoming series, it's not something that we're going to shy away from. We want that exposure for him. We want, you know, we don't want to own that portion of him. We want him to fly on his own. And, uh, I could see myself diving in more. I mean, that depends. If I keep screwing my face up, though, at full gear, <laughs> the scar above my eyebrow ain't going anywhere anytime soon. So I've got to, uh, I've got to keep my hands up a little bit better. But you never know. I'd love to do more like that in the future. It was always fun, and it's nice to be outside of your own bubble. 
Sure, and gives you something to fall back on later in your career when your wrestling in-ring wrestling days are starting to, to wind down, but those are obviously way off in the future. And one of the wonderful things that's kind of come out of Dynamite being here in Atlanta is AEW teaming up with the American Heart Association. Talk a little bit about AEW's involvement with the uh, American Heart Association and why this was a good charity for you and for AEW to be partnered with. Well, we mentioned starting our own traditions and you know having a good... Uh, part of you know having a good arm in your your brand that that helps develop and cultivate partnerships with goodwill uh, uh, individuals and companies places like the American Heart Association uh, for those who don't know this is American Heart Month uh, and that was something we you know we have the shirt the I love AEW shirt and the proceeds there we have the $50 donation gets you two tickets uh, to State Farm Arena for Dynamite that was just the beginning it was just something we genuinely wanted to do as our part for the American Heart Association uh, but now I think maybe there's more to, to this um I don't know if partnerships the right word. More of a collaboration, you know. Uh, the American Heart Association is such a good, good, good association in what they do, and they 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 check so many boxes that people look for when it comes to charitable elements. So I was happy that we could start that with the State Farm Arena here uh, in Atlanta on this show. Sure, absolutely. And finishing up here with Cody Rhodes of All Elite Wrestling here on the finishing move, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about. What's been going on on Wednesday since the debut of AEW Dynamite on the other channel, competing up against at the same time head-to-head, has been NXT. A lot of us fans have been super excited about what we basically dubbed the Wednesday Night Wars. It's the return of what we all experienced 20 years ago with Nitro and Raw back in the 90s. But, you know, it's it's something that I feel like maybe we have put more emphasis on and we've created this rivalry that maybe might or might not exist between you guys and NXT. Talk to that a little bit. Is that something that you guys are even really thinking about or are y'all just trying to be the best that you can be? I think it's we we don't have a monitor on for example. We don't we don't watch NXT during our our show. We have plenty of friends in the locker room there uh and they have friends in the locker room here. Uh we're 100% focused on what we're doing and then the next day or the day before you can kind of find out okay, well this is on the map elsewhere and just be aware of this. But I love that the Wednesday Night Wars was became a thing. I love that. We didn't make it a thing. Triple H didn't make it a thing, and I didn't make it a thing. We didn't make that a thing. It became a thing because fans got excited about watching wrestling on Wednesday nights, and there's going to be two competing shows, which means our show better be better than theirs. Otherwise, you could just turn the channel and vice versa, and that is a beautiful thing. I, I see the Discord online, and I see you know when it gets too heated or when it's like, well, that's, you know not normal debate in the era of social media. There is no such thing as normal debate. We just go for the jugular right away. But I do love that fans and wrestlers have the options. It means that fans have more options for content. Wrestlers have more options for income. And if I could do anything to help improve the wrestling lifestyle, uh, if that could be a portion of my legacy, I would love that more than any in-ring accolades. Well, I think you're definitely headed that direction. And the excitement level, I think, in for for fans right now, is that at a high that we haven't experienced in really 20 years? Because to me, I mean, it was kind of getting very 
just kind of routine with Monday nights and Tuesday nights and, and whatever was out there. Now it's appointment television on Wednesday nights. We're glued to the television set. You know, you're either flipping between the two channels or you're watching one or the other. I find myself watching your product more, but I think that's because you are different. And I have enjoyed so far what I've seen from Dynamite, and I cannot wait to see it live and in person tomorrow night at State Farm Arena here in Atlanta. Tickets still available. Doors open around 6.30, bell time around 7.30. You can still get there to see the show. It should be amazing. We're really looking forward to it. And then one last question here, Cody. With you guys bringing Dynamite here, here to Atlanta, what are the odds here in the future that we could be looking at maybe a pay-per-view here at State Farm Arena? It all depends on, uh, you know, kind of how we feel leaving tomorrow. I, I know for sure Atlanta, you know, being a home of Turner itself and uh, the Warner Media office being here and so many of our executives and friends and my family, there's such a good base for wrestling here to begin with. I think a show in the future is, I'd say 100%. But the idea of a pay-per-view really kind of depends on how we leave tomorrow. What does it look like when we uh, when we close up the doors tomorrow to uh, to move on to Kansas City? I could, I'm very optimistic about it. I would love it because it's the drive from my house, selfishly. So, <laughs> you know, understand hopefully. that. Absolutely. Well, Cody, thank you so much for joining us today. Good luck in your match tomorrow night against Wardlow at Revolution against MJF, and we'll certainly be watching. Good luck with All Elite Wrestling in the future. Thank you, my friend. I just want to say thanks one more time to the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, for giving us some of his time today and joining us here on The Finishing Move, The Dark Matches. Tomorrow night is the big night, February 19th, here in Atlanta, State Farm Arena, AEW Dynamite live here Myself, Big John, we're going to be down there at the show. We're looking forward to it. Big card, steel cage match, Wardlow, Cody in the steel cage. Cody has to beat Wardlow in order to face MJF at AEW Revolution. In addition to that, we got a tag team battle royal to determine who's going to be the number one contenders to the AEW tag titles at Revolution, plus a tag team title match. The champs, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. We'll be taking on the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix there at State Farm Arena. So if you haven't already got your tickets, get down there. It's going to be a big show. We're looking forward to it. Follow myself and Big John throughout the show. We'll be live tweeting. I'm at Bearded Colwell. He's at JohnRad450. We're also on Twitter through this show, the Finishing Move Twitter page at WrestleSwartsX. And if you are Facebook inclined, we also have a Facebook page now. Look us up on there as well. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And, of course, check us out on Thursday. We'll be recapping the show live here on Atlanta SportsX, 1230-1063 FM, online at atlantasportsx.com, and on the official SportsX app. We'll be recapping AEW Dynamite here in Atlanta, and we'll be breaking down the NXT TakeOver Portland pay-per-view that just happened this past Sunday night. So for my broadcast partner, Big John Ratcliffe, and for our other tag team partners out there somewhere, Adam Road Douglas, I'm Chris Colwell. We'll see you next time right here on The Finishing Move, The Dark Matches.